Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hi, this is Udo Dirkstadter. And Fiti Wienold. And we are from UDO. And you are listening to Talking Metal. You are listening to episode... 409 of Talking Metal with very special guests Udo and Fiddy from the band UDO. Right now, coming off of the recently reissued UDO CD, Holy, this is Raiders of Beyond, originally released in 1999. Yeah, I'm gonna 
And now, broadcasting live from Dave's Tavern in New York City, this is Talking Metal. Tonight's special guests, Udo Dirkschneider and Fiddy Weinhold. And now, your hosts, Mark and John. Thank you, Bud Friendly. Talking Metal Toast. We're here at Dave's Tavern, one of my favorite bars in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. Great to be back here at Dave's Tavern with the gang, Bud Friendly, John Astronomy. And we have a big interview coming up in today's show. I hooked up with Udo and Fiddy at the Gibson Guitar Showroom on 54th Street. And we talked some medals. So uh, first-time guest, Udo Dirkschneider to... Uh, to the podcast, so we're excited about that. We're going to get into that in a minute, but let's get into some let's get into some classics right now. A classic, how about that? This is a little except. John, randomly picking a, a, an except song for us to play here. I got to go with the obvious "Balls to the Wall" because it's a classic tune. Whoa! 
just heard was balls to the wall. I wanted to make an announcement that we are going back to the uh, iTunes links. We haven't been doing that for a while, but you can now purchase music that you hear on the podcast by going to TalkingMetal.com and using those links to open your iTunes. It'll take you right to the song that you heard on the podcast. You can buy the song, and we end up getting a little cut back on that. Not much, but on your 99 cents, we get four or five cents. The thought is, over time, it adds up, and if we can get a check for five, six bucks a month, that is uh, that is awesome. And, uh, you know, we stopped doing the links because I thought everybody was going to start using Spotify and iTunes was going to die, but iTunes has not died, and it's... Uh, Stronger than ever. I'm drinking a Bud Light here right now, and uh, Bud Friendly, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking beer. Very nice. And how about you? It's strange. It's Coke and Kahlua. I know that sounds kind of girly, but it's really good. Very good. How about we listen to one of the bonus tracks that is on the recently re-released Mean Machine record, which originally came out back in 1989, and this is a live version a bonus track off the, again, reissued Mean Machine album. It is Break the Rules Live. And then we'll get right into my interview. Thank you, you know. 
I'm here with Fiddy and Udo, and they've just arrived here in the States. Welcome back to America, guys. Hi. Thank you very much. It's good to be back in America after a long time, and we're looking forward. When was the last time you were here? Uh, 12 years ago. 12 years ago. <laughs> yes. Wow. So it's been some time. Yes, it was a long time ago. But uh, there was no reason for come over. I mean, we didn't have a, uh, let's say, record company, and uh, the, the album was not out here. All the albums, I know really good offer, so there was mm, no sense to come over. Right, right. Well, we're glad to have you here. We can't wait for the show on Wednesday here yes. in New York City. I guess you're playing Long Island before that. Yes. And uh, some other U.S. shows, too. So we're very excited about that. We're very excited about the new record. But let's talk about the band itself. You have two new members yes. uh, over the past year or so yes. you've added two new guitar players yes. so can you tell us who they are yeah that was uh, in a way not planned to have two new guitar players so normally it was just planned to have a new guitar player for uh, for stefan kaufman so but he couldn't do it anymore about his health problem and uh yeah and then uh, in the end igor quit after 15 years for time reason so we was a little bit what can you say we say a little bit right. surprised yeah so and then we had to look also for uh, uh, a second guitar player. So, but both of them, I think, Andre did all the guitar work on the Steelham album, on the new album, and uh, Kasparik came end of January before end we get January. actually before we went to, to Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. So and uh, yeah. So what can I say? I mean, we are we are very happy with the new guys. Excellent. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was like when we did the first show. In Ecuador, maybe you can say something about this. Yeah, I mean, we were really lucky um, to find two guys like that. Uh, they're young, mm, they bring fresh blood in the band, 
and um, uh, Caspari had to jump in cold water, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, we got an offer in in uh, in Ecuador to play. We said, of course, we take it, and so we went there with a completely new lineup. Uh, headlining a, a big festival and it went really cool. I mean, we Good. were really happy and uh, it seemed like we were playing a, a long time together. Right. So we continue it now in the States like that. Great. And I mean, Stefan has been such a part of, of what you've done with, I mean, this band and your band before that for so many years. Is he still kind of an extended member of the, of the family? Will he be involved with the new record at all? Mm, no, yet. No. Uh, Stefan, well, Stefan, yeah, it's a long story about Stefan. You know? Okay. Uh, he's, he's more than a member. He's more than, uh, because Ud and Stefan, they know each other for 40 years. Wow. And uh, uh, on, on one side also, um, he created together with Udo, Udo, all the albums. Um, there's a little bit more behind um, but uh, let's call it like it's like a burnout syndrome, you know, he needs to have his time out and, um, uh, and we accepted that apart from his health problem right. yet. And uh, but in a new album, uh, he is not involved, not uh, as a songwriter and neither as a producer. OK, so and I don't know, you have something to say to Mozart? You know much more than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, then I had the situation, I mean, uh, so. I started songwriting, did all the songwriting together with Futi, the whole album. So I knew that Pretty has very good ideas. Mm -hmm. It worked out very well. I'm very pleased with that. And then we had another situation, who will be the producer of the new album? Right. So, and then I said, okay, I did this already a long time to go, uh, go with, uh, together with Michael Wagner, a very old mm -hmm. friend of mine. And uh, yeah, so, and then I said, okay, I will produce the album together then with Pretty. I don't want to do it alone. And uh, yeah, here we go. I think the result of the new album is very good. Cool. Okay, great. So right now we're going to hear the new single off the Steel Hammer record. It is called Metal Machine. Fight! 
just heard was Metal Machine off the new Steel Hammer record. Let's talk about this. It's coming out a little over a month here in the States. You are touring now for it. Will you come back after the record comes out or maybe, maybe not? Let's say this way. I mean, uh, now this tour what we are doing now in America uh, and, and Canada is like, um, yeah, to see what's going on for UDO. So it's more a promotion thing what we are doing now. A lot of interviews. So we uh, will see what how the shows are going and, and how the reaction will be. But I heard so far that already some people talking about that we are coming back next year, but uh, the whole year is already completely booked out. Right. <laughs> out. Uh, festivals and a European tour and uh, South America. And then I think it looks like that we are coming back next year then doing some more shows in America and Canada. Excellent, excellent. Cool. And... The set list, I'm very excited to see you, Dio, in New York City, and always curious about the set list. Yeah. Uh, any, you? Yeah, yeah, oh, you guys <laughs> still working on that, huh? Any surprises the, from the past that you might be pulling out? Uh, the, uh, let's say some surprises. Uh, I mean, in, in the set list now, um, we tried, now the, the whole, let's say it this way, the whole back catalog is now released in America, and so we, what we what we do is we make a mix up of all the UDO albums, and uh, definitely we play some songs we never we couldn't play before with Stefan and Igor, 
So, but now with the two new guitar players, we can play also some songs of the Time Bomb album. Right. So they both are very good uh, solo guitar players and. Um, Surprises, yeah. I mean, maybe songs we never played with UDO live. There will be yeah. some songs, and of course, still some except songs. Right. Of course, the people want to hear some yeah. of them. And uh, yeah, I will. There will be a good mix up. And uh, what can I say? Watch out for the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned all the the albums uh, UDO records are being re-released now in the states, or they have been, I guess. A bunch of them have been already, right? Yeah. And they include a lot of cool things. So let's talk about the bonus tracks. There's a lot of stuff like yeah. live tracks and, yeah. and different, is there different mixes of some of the songs? Like yeah. what kind of, uh, where are these live tracks from? Are they from back in the day when you were touring for that particular record or were they recorded later in history? Yeah, it was, it was recorded the most amount on tour, right? Yeah, most of them were. There were also some leftovers we had, and uh, 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 but there's nothing actually specially new made. So uh, all those songs we had anywhere, and sometimes when we talk about bonus tracks, it's always the thing: oh, they're good songs. What what are you gonna do with this? You know. Then always you need special bonus tracks for Japan. You need special bonus tracks for I don't know what for Timbuktu and things like that. <laughs> so and 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 all those tracks, they are they are. Uh, it's sometimes useless to put them anywhere out, and so we said we're gonna do it now like that. Right. Cool. Well, it's very exciting, and I, they actually sent me a bunch of them, and the packaging looks great, and yeah. it's uh, it's still so much fun for, for me to put a CD in a CD player and listen to it. It's a different experience than listening okay. on your iPhone or your iP yeah. you know, your, your computer. So definitely, guys, pick those up. They're on AFM Records, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I wanted to go back, Udo, and talk to you about some of your, your past tours uh, from the 80s, the heyday of heavy metal, if you will. So many great bands you toured with. The first time I saw you guys was on the World Slavery Tour back in 1985 with Iron Maiden. Oh, you were touring yeah. for Metal Heart. Yeah. Any memories, any little tidbits you could share from that tour, uh, touring with the Iron yeah, Maiden guys? Yeah, touring with Iron Maiden was great at this time. I mean, uh, they're really nice guys, and they was, they was really helpful also for us. But I mean, in, I think in 85 already, after the 84, the Ball to the Wall Tour, I mean, except was let's say, well-known in America. Yes. So that was, a, yeah, already not a real support band tour anymore, you know. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it works out uh, very well. I have very good remembering uh, of, of the tour. And sometimes when we meet each other on festivals in Europe, we're still talking about the old days. Right. That's normal. Yeah. <laughs> How about Ozzy? You toured, except toured with Ozzy back in the heyday. Was yeah. that what? That was probably like '84, was 84, it? '84. Yeah, we did it. I think that was the Bugger to Moon tour. I think. Oh yeah, I think that was the tour. And how was Ozzy? Crazy? Or yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy is always crazy. <laughs> but yeah, but it was also a lot of fun. I mean, it was the whole tour. I mean, we started in '84. We started with Kiss, the touring here. Then we did with Ozzy, and we did some shows with Motley Crue. I mean. We nearly we toured with everybody, but it, in in '84 it was like you know we did always uh, when we had days off, we always did uh, club uh, club shows. So and, and yeah. uh, except because it was going bigger and bigger and bigger in America, and in the end we was in the end we did a headline tour yeah. after 13 months or something like that thing right. in, the, in the States. And how was the Kiss tour? That was. Uh they showed us all the entertainment is yeah. in uh, America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was there. I mean, for, for a small band coming from Europe, I mean, except was okay in Europe already um, well known, but coming over to America and 
play big holes, there was something else, you know. I mean, then they, yeah, they was really helpful. I mean, they, they, they told us how you do it on stage and this and this. We learn a lot from kids. Yeah, cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, so we are here at Gibson in New York City. Uh, Gibson makes, obviously, guitars, basses. I wanted to talk to you about your bass, Fiddy. What, what type of gear do you play out of? Bass, amps? Can I say that? Without <laughs> <laughs> you beating me up? Yeah. Well, um, I, um, I started playing, actually, Rickenbacker. Ah, okay. So, so let me convince me for that. And then, then I got a custom-made one by an Italian guy. It was a very good bass, so there's no name for it. And then um, Spectre showed up. Ah, right. And so I got an offer from Spectre, and I said, okay, let me try it out. And so um, at the moment, I'm very pleased with them. So... Uh, but I, uh, I'm like a whore, you know. So if anybody offers me something better, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, but yeah. at the moment, I'm I, I'm I'm very happy with that bass. And uh, how about amps? Uh, I'm using Hartke. Yeah. So I I switched also from typical heavy metal Ampeg. Right. What all the crew guys complained to carry around. Yeah. Uh, so I switched on to Hartke and Hartke and Spectre together. This is actually the sound I like. Great. Cool. And when you guys come over to the States, I know it's been a while, but what are some of your favorite cities to play here? To play and maybe vacation and hang out? Uh, yeah, definitely New York. I yeah. mean, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, um, if you come to the States, you have to stop in New York. Uh, and to have the pleasure to play here is also fantastic. Uh, other cities, oh, wow, um, L.A. definitely. L.A. Is, is great, definitely, an old what we did on the, on the last uh, tour with Texans. Long, long, right, Texans, long, yeah. Long yeah, that was in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. Oh, yes. Ah, yeah, okay. A good, lot of good places. You cannot name only one. Right. Uh, really, yeah, when you go to the south of America, still this, 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 this states are Texas, Arizona, New Mexico. They are still into this kind of music. Um, yeah. There will be very good, like for example, uh, Albuquerque and uh, Phoenix are uh, good places. Excellent. Cool. And I know it's been a long time you two guys have been working together, but how did you first officially meet? It was officially? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. This was in 80... Let me think. This was in 80-something. There was a festival. No, we, we met us already before, but before studio. those festivals in the studio, because uh, I played in a band called Bullet. Okay. And uh, he was playing in a band everybody knows. And so, uh, and we were by the same producer, was was Dieter Dirks, who also produced Scorpions. And so, there we met the first time and started talking, and I don't know, all those usual things. And the, actually, the first time where Ude and me really talked long, and there was something, and I don't know what, was there was a festival in France, uh, and in the morning or at night, we met at the, at the restaurant. Really? Yeah. Okay. And we started <laughs> talking until we had to leave in the morning, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really long ago. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Excellent. Now, I wanted to ask you, Udo, about your old band. They went on and put out two albums in recent years without you. Uh, do you pay attention to what do they do? Do you Have you heard those records? Do you care? Yeah. I mean, I was listening to The Blood of a Nation, of course. I mean, a uh, good album. I mean, a uh, good singer. And... Uh, but the second album, I only hear one song, Stalingrad. Right. And I think th the second album, for me, is not so good as the first one. I don't know. There's a little uh, 
also the songs, Stalingrad, I, I, I have the feeling they was recording already the second album together with the first one. That ah, that's sounds like sounds theory. like me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, what can I say? I mean, um, Wolf said never always uh, he was not in contact with me about a reunion, but then. Um, what can I say? This is not true. Yeah, <laughs> he was asking me, but there is. Uh, then we had a long talk, and then in the end, I said, "No, uh, guys, I don't want to do it again. I'm really yeah. happy with UDO, and I wish you all the best. Good luck, and uh, for the future, that's it." Gotcha. Very interesting. Now, another question: Going back to the '80s, all the bands that, uh, back in those days, they had the spandex, they had the big <laughs> hair, the hairspray. Not me. <laughs> except you, <laughs> except you. And, and did you ever feel? I mean, you, you, in in a lot of ways, I look at a lot of these extreme metal bands today. They come on in the, you know, the the fatigues and the camos, and I'm like, that's what yeah. that's what this guy was wearing back, you know, yeah. in the day, you know. And and was yeah. uh, was was there ever any pressure on you? Did you ever have record label guys say, listen, you need to change your image to fit in a little bit more? Because so many bands did it. Even you look at Maiden, you know, and they put on the spandex, and there's yeah. there was a time when Bruce Dickinson had highlights in his hair, you know, yeah. but you really never folded to any of that. No, I mean, uh, for an except was looking for, I mean, in the 80s, we have to look for something, you know, becoming outstanding uh, stage doors, do something different. And then, uh, for some reason, uh, but I, I don't think it was for one reason. I was planned. I, th I think uh, we was looking, except was looking for some stage clothes. And uh, then they, when we was going into a uh, uh, how you call it, NATO shop, mm -hmm. army shop, and I put these things on, and I came out and said, "Yeah, that's you now." I said, "Guys, come on!" So now, yeah, it looks very good, but I had all at this days. I had all also long hair, right? So and then the, the management came up. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks later, uh, maybe the, your long hair doesn't fit together with the camouflage thing, the military thing, and it think uh, you have to cut your hair. That wasn't '82, I think. Yeah. So and uh, here we go. There. The UDO style was born, but uh, camouflage, the ca all the camo stuff uh, was not popular at the time. Yeah, right. And uh, so now it, it's a fashion, you know, everybody yeah. wears it. You started it. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then I tried, tried. let's say, I tried a couple of times to get away with, with, this, with this image. Yeah. It doesn't work. Right. Gotcha. What do you guys do when you're not making music? Just, do you have hobbies? Do you do businesses on the side? Uh... uh uh, to be really honest, in the last last year we were really busy. There was yeah. not a lot of time to have free time. So, but on on the other hand, we have all our family. Sure. And so, um, and yeah, we try to just relax, you know, to to concentrate on the next work is coming because there's always something coming up. But it's also nice to have a couple of days or when it's happened, a couple of weeks, really to cut completely off his music and just think about the sense of life. Oh, yeah. And cool. uh, before before the stress starts again, what is not stress, what is positive meaning, you know? Because right. Let's say Udo and I, I think we're really workaholics on one side. Yeah, in a way. I mean, uh, so Fitty, Fitty is now building up a professional studio at, at home. Okay. So, and uh, yeah, we, we, we want to open up a production company later on and then slowly start working also, if you have time with new bands, you know, become in a way a production team and uh, yeah so I mean I think we are always into music and yeah. I think that's I think we, if, we, if we can help a young bands you know producing them and helping songwriting stuff like that so I think that's a, it's a good thing.
Excellent. Give, give something back. Makes sense. Very good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us here at the Gibson Showroom on Talking Metal. Okay. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you taking the time to come to us here.
That was I Give As Good As It Gets by Udo off of the Live In Sofia album. It's Bulgaria. It's a really cool city, apparently. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool concert. You get, uh, I think, two audio CDs and one DVD of the band live, and it's great. I was sitting in my bed watching it, having drinks with uh, Emily after my kids had went to sleep, and just... Uh, it was the best time of the month. Uh, you know, it was just, uh, I had a blast watching him do all his great songs. He definitely sneaks in a couple except classics. Remember uh, Screaming for a Love Bite? Is that? I, do you remember the song Screaming for a Love Bite? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he does that one. A lot of great stuff. Anyways, so John, any except memories you want to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. On March 4th, 1984, at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I saw Except Open for Kiss. And I was sitting with all my friends in one row, and then two rows behind me, my parents were sitting. At that point, I didn't want them to, like, you know, be hanging with me at the shows. Now I like to go to the shows with them, but back then I was in, like, eighth or ninth grade, and I think it was in ninth grade, and so I thought, like, they needed to sit a little bit behind me, but they always referred to it as, yeah, that guy in the camouflage outfit. Like, they, they really thought he was cool, because uh, they, they saw Accept Open for Kiss on the Lick It Up tour, and that uh, was very cool, and I've always been a fan of Accept and Udo from that, actually even before that, because I had heard Accept before I saw him live, but uh, I definitely have to sing him live, without a doubt. And that was John Astronomy's Pittsburgh Story of the Night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, back in those days, that was really a radical look for a heavy metal guy to have a, a buzz cut and wear camos when it was the, you know, the, the long hair, uh, it, you know, on the, the heavy metal bands, just whether it was Metallica or Iron Maiden or Saxon. I mean, Iron Maiden and Saxon, you know, wore spandex on, on stage and had long hair. Bruce Dickinson on the Somewhere in Time tour even had highlights, you know. Uh, I recently was watching that metal show, and Jim Florentine made a comment that Iron Maiden never wore spandex. Uh, he must have not been a fan of Iron Maiden, to, uh, at least not in the 80s, because that's basically all they wore from you know, at least peace of mind on, probably even a little before that, through, I would say, the end of the 80s, or at least, yeah, I would say through through the end of the 80s. Uh, maybe they changed to, like, jeans and stuff when they got to um, Seventh Son. And I know on Killers, there was, they were definitely wearing jeans and leather pants. But, uh, I mean, Maiden wore freaking spandex, for sure. Uh, but anyways, back to Udo. He had a real radical look for, for the 80s and a very, in a lot of ways, unmetal look, you know, to wear camouflage and a buzz cut. And you see a lot of bands nowadays with that same exact look. I mean, even Arch Enemy, you see these guys, those guys and girl on stage with the camo. But, uh, you know, back in those days, that was a radical look for heavy metal. And we're so thrilled that he joined us here on Talking Metal. And we're going to wrap it up, keep it, keep it at that. And, guys, please support Talking Metal. Use the Amazon links. Use the PayPal button to make a donation. Use those iTunes links and uh, buy a T-shirt in the store section on TalkingMetal.com. And that'll, that'll wrap it up for today's podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for all your support. We couldn't do it without you. And once again, go to TalkingMetal.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube.com slash TalkingMetal. Write a review on iTunes, too. All right, guys, take care.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.